This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So during the initial stages of the pandemic last year, I was looking around for safe pandemic plays to kind of hide out in in my value investor portfolio here at Saks. Of course, it had to be a value stock, so I wasn't able to get into the super hot pandemic plays at the time of like Peloton or Zoom, you know, those like high growthy type names. So I ended up buying B&G Foods, ticker is BGS, which they have about 50 food brands and many of them are popular and well-known. So many of you know a lot of their brands. They include things like Cream of Wheat, Spice Island, and my personal favorite, Green Giant. So the company had a record 2020 as we all rushed out and, you know, we're hoarding our food. We were packing our pantries and our freezers so that we would have enough during the, the worst of the outbreak and as it uh, kind of cooled to cook at home, to do our staycations. All the kids were at home, homeschooling. So we had to you know, prepare their lunches. All this stuff was done in our houses so companies like B&G Foods continue to see strong demand. But by 2021, some of that demand did cool as the economy started to reopen. But many of the trends have continued and the sales for B&G Foods in the first half of 2021 are still higher than 2019, which was the pre-pandemic. So the second quarter of 2021, that was the hard year, the hard comparables from 2020, because remember, uh, things basically shut down in March. So April, May, June, those were the months everybody was rushing out and still cooking at home and hoarding everything. But they still were able to um, see good trends even a year later, even though that had cooled off the worst of the craziness from 2020. Essentially, many of us discovered cooking and all these new products that companies like B&G Foods made. Um, you know, I discovered things like the Green Giant cauliflower tots. I don't know if you've tried these. They're like tater tots, but they're made out of cauliflower. I think they have one that's also cauliflower with sweet potato mixed in. That one is very good. I recommend both of those. And if we tried them during the pandemic, we liked them and we're still out there buying them. So B&G Foods continues to see fairly strong demand and the shares continue to be cheap. So it's trading at 15 times right now. That's not that expensive. Its focus has always been on its shareholders. So it pays a dividend and that's yielding 6.4%. And yes, that's like a legit dividend. It's not because the stock is plunged or anything weird. They paid 6% last year during the pandemic. They never cut it. They never halted it. They had the cash flows to pay it and they continue to pay it. So I sold B&G Foods, however, this year in the value investor portfolio. We bought it in July of 2020. We sold it in August of 2021 and the portfolio had a return of 15.7% 
And that does not include the dividend, which we did get for owning it just over a year. So that adds on another, you know, over 6% in there. So it wasn't a bad investment for us to kind of hide out in and be a part of one of the pandemic winners. So why did I sell it then? The shares really haven't gone anywhere in 2021. So like a lot of the pandemic winners, the street is mostly thinking, oh, 2020, that was peak earnings and it's only going to go downhill from here, which if you look at the earnings estimates for B&G Foods, it has, uh, it is expected to be lower here in 2021 because 2020 was just such a record year. But uh, the shares, you know, haven't really just done much this year. They're up 6%. Both sales and earnings are growing, but expected to do so pretty slowly. This is not a Peloton or a Zoom with, you know, huge double-digit growth by any means. So while it is a cheap stock, growth is low. And the companies even mentioned the um, unprecedented inflation it's seeing. Food inflation is real. Costs uh, across the board are raging higher, as we know, with logistics, supply chain issues, labor costs, and all of these things are going to be challenges. B&G Foods is navigating that, but I sold it because I felt like we could do better. And that settling for this low-growth company, just because it does have that juicy dividend, wasn't really the uh, direction I wanted to go as a value investor. So I wasn't in it for the income. I didn't buy it only for that dividend. That was a nice bonus, especially in July of 2020 when uh, there was no vaccine yet and we didn't know what was going to be happening in the global economy. And so having that nice juicy dividend on the side was very comforting and nice. So that was nice, but we didn't buy it explicitly for that. But if income is what you're looking for and you don't care so much about getting share appreciation, then being in a low growth, uh, cheaper stock like B&G Foods uh, might be on your radar. But I did care about the share appreciation. I wanted that. So as value investors, you don't necessarily have to settle for cheap stocks that don't have any growth or, you know, where there is no share appreciation in addition to low growth of earnings or revenue. You should aim higher and you should look for that growth and try to expect it on, you know, every stock you buy. So you can find cheap stocks with growth by using the peg ratio. And I've talked about the peg ratio before on the show. I've done whole episodes about it. And so this is another one that I'm basically doing about the peg ratio because I do love it. It it does get you both the value component and the growth component. That's super powerful combination. And of course, on our screens, we can add the Zach's rank of number ones or number twos to get those rising earnings estimates, or at least we hope we're getting that. So maybe something else good is also going on at the company. So we both have a high rank and it's cheap, but it has growth. So this is a good combination. 
So I did scream for the peg of less than one. That usually indicates that you have both the value and the growth. I put the number ones or number two in there. I didn't even put market cap size or anything else. And I got 96 matches, so 96 stacks. So what is in this uh, list? There was some decent banks and financials. I was kind of interested. There was some hotels. This is new. I didn't expect to see that. There were a lot of retailers, a lot of big bounce back in the recovery for the retail group after last year's horrible year. The earnings are rebounding, so they do have growth this year. There was oil and energy as well in, on the list. Um, not so much tech because it's not going to really probably be cheap enough, even though it has the growth component, but you never know. Um, there was some spattered in there, but it was not a big number of tech names. Also, we did need that good rank of one or two. So what areas are seeing earnings estimates revisions higher? You got to think of that when you're running this kind of screen. So not surprising with uh, oil at new, you know, multi-year highs, you've got some energy and oils in there. Um, and then the banks are expected to be doing better here when those yields rise. And then even to see a hotel on there, it's, uh, you know, some of those earnings are now looking up as more people travel and hopefully the business travel starts to come back into 2022. So I picked out a bunch of stocks as I usually do to kind of focus on and see what's going on with this list and with the peg, who's showing up in here, what is going well for them and why did they make this list and why are they the high Zach's rank? So as always, you need to do more research on your own. I'm just providing what comes off the screen and some other just you know fundamentals about what's going on but all these companies are going to be reporting earnings so if you're interested tune in find out what's going on in their supply chain find out if they're able to hire anybody for all those open positions find out if the business travelers are returning um, and what's happening with earnings growth so all this is available to you just right there on the company's investor relations websites. So you don't even have to listen to it live. You can listen to it later, which I've done, but it's kind of more fun to listen to it live, just FYI, because it's like you're in the moment, you're really interested in what they're saying. Nobody else you know, has heard it yet because you're in it live and uh, you don't see like recaps about it later on, you know, Yahoo Finance or anything like that, because then you're unlikely to listen, right? The excitement's over. So try to listen live if you can, but you don't have to because they all house it on their website and you can listen to it later. So let's dive right in and see what's on this list because there are some different companies, I feel, versus what I have been covering for value in the near-term past. So the first one out the gate is an energy company. It's not one that I've talked about much recently because I've been focusing on the E&Ps, the, the producers, and this is a big oil. So the, the only big oil on this list, no, I take that back. There was another one. <laughs> the, but the one everyone knows is ExxonMobil, and the ticker is XOM. So not surprising, it's got the good Zach's rank because sales are expected to be up, those revenues up 50% here in 2021 after a horrible 
year last year. So of course it's going to rebound. But 2022, analysts expect another 5.7%. Earnings are expected to be up another 10% next year after the rebound this year. So this is a big cap uh, integrated oil company. They don't just explore. They have a, a great chemical company. They own the service stations. They have distribution and refineries. So that's what makes them different than the regular you know, drillers, the producers. They are the like complete picture and they also are, you know, drilling internationally. So that's one of the differences. Um, their peg ratio is just 0.7. They're trading with a PE of 12.5 as that E is rising. They do pay a nice dividend, uh, not, not too shabby even compared to B&G Foods of 5.6%. And year to date, these shares are up 48% now on the huge energy rally. So some of you might be asking, well, how much more is in the tank? But the shares are cheap here still. So keep that in mind when you're thinking that they report earnings on October 29th. If you're listening to this after October 29th, as I know many of you do go through the all the episodes, um, check in and see what they've done. And uh, you want to stay on top of that because all of all the data changes daily, obviously. So that's ExxonMobil, ticker XOM. Now, I know many of you hate the oils and you're not going to buy them. So you can just disregard that one if you're not, if you hate them and you're like, no, Tracy, like I'm, I'm over the oils. So just don't don't even consider that one. Move on to number two, which is tapestry. Tapestry. TPR is the ticker. Coach, Kate Spade, Stuart Weitzman are their brands. The interesting thing is LVMH just reported their earnings. They had a great quarter in China. Everybody's worried about China with the crackdown that's been going on there against like the, the super wealthy, the billionaires and the like. And people wondering what was going to happen to luxury sales, which it's basically the largest luxury market, I, I believe, um, or at least one of them in the world. So if that was slowing, it's not going to be a good thing for someone like Tapestry, which also has uh, big sales in China, but LVMH with the big, the big quarter, and they're not really seeing any slowdown there. So that bodes well. Tapestry PE is just 11.5. The PEG is 0.9. In fiscal 2022, sales expected to be up 11.6% and then another 4.3% in the next fiscal year. They don't report until early November, so you have a little time to check them out. Uh, year to date, the shares are up 24%, but they have weakened over the last three months, maybe on those China fears, really down nine percent so this could be kind of a, a chance to get in on the dip or buy the dip kind of thing they do pay a dividend they've always been shareholder friendly at tapestry dividend is yielding a nice 2.7 percent so if you're looking around for a luxury play tapestry might be one to keep on your list tpr is the ticker then i'm going to switch over to um the recruiting area with Manpower Group. I know I've covered them on the podcast before because I really like the recruiters in times when the economy is heating up because that's when they do well. So Manpower Group, ticker MAN, they are in 75 countries, 25,000 employees. 
They are mostly dominated their business by Northern and Southern Europe. They're also in North America, so not heavy into Asia. Um, so if you are playing the rebound, especially in Europe right now, in the economy there, then Manpower Group could be one for you. So I just saw on their press releases that they just acquired Attain Group. This is a recruitment and managed solutions. Now they're in some interesting areas in North America. They're in tech, healthcare, IT, digital, professional, and government. They have 5,000 employees. So this looks like a big push into these, you know, uh, very lucrative areas. And so this will be interesting to see how they leverage this acquisition. Uh, 2021 sales expected to be up 16%. 2022, another 5.2. Earnings expected to be up 93% this year. So last year, just 367, expected to make 710 this year, and then up another 21% for 2022 to 864. So that's some pretty great earnings growth there. That's why they got it on the PEG. PEG is just 0.65 with a PE of 15.7. They also pay a dividend that's pretty nice here at 2.3%, and they're reporting soon. If you're listening to this after October 19th, they've already reported. So go check out, see if it's still staying this hot or what's happening. But Manpower Group could be uh, one of the big beneficiaries on the reopen and a hot economic environment. Okay. Um, switching over to the hotel side, I had to do the hotel since I saw it on the list. We haven't done one of these in a long time, mostly because they haven't had the right rank. That All the estimates have been cut, but now they're starting to see estimates uh, raised because it's not so bad anymore. So the hotel is Choice Hotels International. CHH is their ticker. They barely made it onto the screen with the peg ratio. It's 0.99. <laughs> so we have to laugh, but it is under one, so we'll take it. This one does have a PE of 34.8. So as soon as I saw that PE ratio, I'm like, wow, how did they get a peg under one? They must have really strong growth, which they do because last year was so terrible, anything was going to be better. So the growth rate you know, into this year looks like phenomenal, but it is actually pretty good and extends into 2022. So 2021 revenue up 43%. Well, it should be because it was terrible last year. 2022 though, up another 9.4. So that's what I wanna see with these leisure stocks. I wanna see the continuation of this rebound trend into 2022. As I'm recording this, it's the middle of October. Heck, we're, we're getting close to 2022 already. So we should be seeing some of these stronger numbers for 2022 now. And that's what I want to see as an investor. I want to see this momentum in the economy continue, and especially in these rebound areas. So earnings expected to be up 77% here in 2021. They made 222 in 2020. That's pretty impressive given what was going on last year. Uh, expected to make 393 here in 2021. So again, that's the rebound but $4.70 for 2022, up another 20%. And estimates are actually on the increase, which is why it's got the Zach's number one rank strong buy. And I was curious, like why suddenly it, are, are the estimates being raised? Something must have happened. Did they announce something? Um, 
because they haven't reported yet, not until early November. So what's happening? So I went, I went and looked on their their investor relations page. I looked on Yahoo Finance for any like recent news, and I really didn't find much, except you know some of their brands made some PR announcements that they're doing much much better, and that um, they talked about their two luxury brands which is a big market and growing market. So they have Cambria and Ascend, which are their upscale brands. So Ascend is like the historic hotels, the boutiques and resorts. So that's smart to go into those areas, kind of unique properties. Cambria is just their like smaller upscale brand. They only have 58 Cambria hotels, but 17 are under construction. And they have 390 globally of the Ascend brand now. But I did notice in one of the press releases that they just acquired four new kind of outdoor adventure hotels for the Ascend brand in North Carolina, New Mexico, Maryland, and Michigan. And uh, given what we've all been through during the pandemic, I was kind of intrigued by this. Like, ooh, outdoors, adventure. Yeah, I want to do that. So I can see uh, why some of these brands are really hot right now. They did say they saw impressive domestic room count growth of 24% year over year in the first half of 2021 with these more luxury uh, types of hotels. They also still have the choice hotels, the comfort inns, and their lower cost brands. But luxury seems to be the way to go with some of these hotel brands right now. So keep that in mind. That's Choice Hotels. Um, It's up big on the year. Did I write it down? Yes, year to date up 28.5%. It's kind of on the roll here. Oh, and you also do get a dividend. Looks like 0.7%. Most of the hotel chains cut their dividend uh, to nothing, but maybe they did not or they brought it back already. So that's nice to see. But you are not really buying this one for the dividend. You're buying it to get that growth. And it has it. So... Keep some of these hotel chains on your watch list for sure. And then I'm going to wrap it up with a bank. I was kind of reluctant to do this because the banks, the growth is never super high growth, depending on the bank. There are some specialty types of banks that have niches that do have bigger growth than some of the others. But this one is Bank of Montreal. BMO is the ticker. They don't have earnings again until December. And we don't have much coverage of them on Zacks because they're a foreign bank, so less coverage. But they have a peg ratio of 0.6 and a PE of 10, so they are cheap like a lot of the banks are. But year-to-date, these shares up 37%, so they've had quite a run already. Revenues, sales expected to be up 8.3% this year, but just 0.4% next year. But I don't think the analysts really um, are pricing in much yet on the banks for next year. This is one of the bigger banks, market cap of $67 billion, So you're not getting a small little community bank with Bank of Montreal. It is one of the big guys. And did I talk about the dividend? It yields 3.2%. That's pretty nice. So if you're looking around for banks, don't forget some of the foreign banks, which uh, can be interesting plays as well if this bank bull market really kind of catches up and catches on fire, then uh, you know a lot of the foreign banks will probably run along with the domestics. So keep that in mind, Bank of Montreal, BMO. So as I said, I was kind of reluctant to put a 
a big bank on on this list because I do want you as value investors to aim higher. So are banks aiming higher? Well, some some might be, especially if they've entered into another bull market, which we don't know yet. Um, and a 37% gain so far year to date is not too shabby for Bank of Montreal. So I would answer yes, banks are aiming higher because they've been so ignored and they're cheap. Our oil stocks, those two were ignored, but seems like they're catching on fire more so now, especially with this nice run. So, but yes, the growth is there. So I feel that those are aiming higher. But uh, you will also get, you know, dividend yields with some of these, and that adds on uh, to, you know, you allowing to stay in some of these stocks, having some patience. It definitely helped me stay in B&G Foods until I decided not to stay in it because it was going nowhere. Um, but yeah, don't be afraid to go for the growth. It's kind of easy to play it safe. And sometimes you do need to in terms of, you know, in the middle of a global pandemic, maybe you do need to play it safe. But the peg ratio is a powerful tool for us value investors to try to find that combination of value plus the growth side because it does exist out there. And now that we're in this kind of like rebound back economy, which should be fairly strong globally once we can get over some of these recent COVID outbreaks and back on track towards, you know, back to our almost normal life, let's hope, fingers crossed, then, um, you know, some of these growth plays will really come into fruition. A lot of them are cheap because people are having, you know, doubts or jitters about some of these categories, like, say, the hotels. Um, but, you know, that's where value goes in. We go in when everybody's fleeing or hates it or, you know, thinks it's dumb or whatever else they're thinking about our value stocks. And so if you can get that growth, even better and use that peg ratio because it's definitely a good way to screen and get some really interesting names as I did get in the screen of 95 stocks. So let me recap the tickers again. So I talked about B&G Foods. It is BGS. It is a Zach's number five strong sell right now. A couple of the analysts have been cutting in the last two months. Uh, this is before earnings because of the food inflation and labor cost inflation and things like that. They're a little worried about, you know, what's going to happen at the end of this year. So tune into that conference call if you want to find out more about what's actually going on on the food side. Then we had ExxonMobil, ticker XOM. We had Tapestry, which is Coach and Kate Spade and Stuart Weitzman, TPR on the retail side. And let me just also, I wrote down a list of all the retailers just so you kind of know who else was on this list. So this is just kind of quick. Abercrombie was on the screen. ANF is a ticker. Urban Outfitters, URBN, PVH, PVH is a ticker. Macy's was on here, ticker M. Tilly's was on here, TLYS. Kohl's was on the list, KSS. Kibbit Sports was on there, H-I-B-B, Dix was on there, D-K-S, and Foot Locker was on there, F-L. So those are some of the other retailers. Um, I like several of them. I just 
chose not to do them for the podcast or like feature them, but I thought you all would be interested to know how many retailers really were on here. And there was quite a few. Okay, our hotel was Choice Hotels International, CHH. I wanna go visit one now that I've talked about it. And Bank of Montreal, BMO is the ticker there. I feel like I'm gonna be talking about the banks a lot as we head into 2022. So I guess we all better get used to that, right? Um, I don't know how exciting it'll be, but I'm hopeful that it will. So that's this week's Value Investor Podcast. And as always, I'm able to find the value stocks. There's quite a bit of value out there right now as these earnings are rebounding. And a lot of stocks are still cheap on a PE basis, on the PEG basis on the price to sales and price to book, all the classic fundamentals. So I'm gonna be covering it all. You wanna get it, get us on Amazon Music, get us on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, wherever you can get podcasts, get us somewhere, and I'll see you again next week with a bunch more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.